0: We have the Ayatollah Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? you um, look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait the next year we can pack it full of $25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers. Vipercast. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, this is episode 88 and today we welcome a true game changer to the Vipercast. He is the editor-in-chief at Fantasy Pros. He's also a pretty darn good podcast host himself. Dan Harris, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank. I mean, look, I've been trying to get on this for months, and you just kept pushing me off and off and off. Thank you for finally allowing me to join this podcast and uh, lowering your standards a little bit so I can get on here.
0: Well, we, we had to run this through Tara first though. She made the final call, so she was really <laughs> pushing everything back here until things kind of settled down on other ends of things. So uh, we're, we're glad that Tara was able to get you on the show here.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it, Tara. Thank you for sticking your neck out for me. I understand it's a big thing. Uh, I'm probably going to tank it, but either way, I, I really appreciate just the 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 faith in me, misguided as it was.
2: Always got your back.
0: <laughs> well, it's I'm going to give you a straight up show here. We we don't do any fact checking here, so you can pretty much say what you want. We're not going to go into detail on whether it's true or not. That's kind of how we roll here, mostly because I spout off things that I even don't even know what to talk about half the time. So. Um, but before we get really into the meat and potatoes of the show, I want to kind of knock off a few things here. I want to make sure that we continue on that positive energy, those prayers, whatever you're sending out there, whatever your belief is, sending that to our, our good friend there, Tags Strong. Uh, Dan, you know him from who knows how long that goes back. You know, there, there's a true bond there. And I think the whole fantasy community is kind of missing him right now. And we're all thinking about you, Tags. So I just want to make sure we get that out right off the get go.
1: Yeah, Tags is... I mean, he's amazing. Anybody who knows him knows that he's like the single most genuine human being that's out there. And and he pops on your podcast, you know, no matter how big or small you are, he wants to pay it forward a little bit. He's hanging in there, you know, and, uh, you know, we're in regular contact. And all we can do is keep sending out the positive prayers, thoughts, vibes, whatever we got. And uh, can't wait uh, till he's fully recovered and back at action.
0: We were fortunate enough early on in this whole behind the grind series and, before you can actually have a good series you have to have these good guests and he was one of the first ones that was able to he accepted an invitation he got on right away and we'll be always be thankful for him for his uh, time that he spent with us there on the show getting us going and getting that so uh we're definitely behind you and in, in his corner the whole way here and the other thing we want to kind of make sure we're getting out there as well is um you know we got some stuff going on there in the louisiana area i know uh Terrace kind of from down that way, uh, South Carolina, so that kind of hits close to home. The fantasy community always rallies when people are in need, and we just want to make sure that we're, I want people in Louisiana to know that fantasy football is a community, it's a family, the Vipers, we consider ourselves family members as well, and we just want to make sure we're uh, uh, letting you know that we're thinking of you guys, and there's definitely ways to kind of get involved here with the American Red Cross. You got the little link there, um, redcross.org, donate uh, today. That kind of helps them out. And our parent company there with Fantasy Points, uh, they've got a little thing going on right now. I'll throw this across the screen real quick. They're going to donate $5 for every subscription purchase this weekend to the Red Cross Hurricane Ida Relief Fund. Again, there's that link right there as well, uh, redcross.org slash donate slash donation HTML, whatever that means. That's fancy talk for computer stuff, but – Make sure we're getting that out there and supporting them and helping in any way we can because, you know, we take things for granted. Like here up where I'm at, I don't think we get hurricanes. We don't get earthquakes. We get 40 below weather, but that's about it. So um, definitely think about you. And our one host here, Calvin, he was relocated to Florida there. He's from Louisiana himself. So we're thinking about you. I don't know if you're watching here right now, the power situation there. But uh, you're definitely in your, our hearts and so is your family there, as well as everyone else in the Louisiana area. So. Just want to make sure we get off to a good start there for the show. And uh, now we can kind of move on to the regular schedule stuff here. So um, without further ado, I know kind of a bit of a bummer there to start off the show, a little bit of energy, but we have a sense of positivity out there in the universe right now. So football is back. Preseason is over. We're 10 days away, give or take, from real football kicking off here. So my first question is preseason injuries. When is the right time to do a draft? We're hearing this right now. This is going on on Twitter right now. People making fun of people doing drafts three weeks ago. got these injuries. We'll talk about these injuries a little bit coming up here right away. But when is it, Dan, the best time to do a draft? Is it this week? Is this the time to do the draft here with 10 days before the league starts? Or
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it probably, for me, depends on what your goal is with fantasy football. If It is to have fun with your friends. So I hope it is for most people, right? Like I realize there's this whole section of the community that's dedicated to these high stakes leagues and everything like that. That's fine. If your goal is to have fun, do it as late as possible. One of my oldest league, we draft every night the night before the season starts. So Wednesday at 8.30, that is when my draft is going to be. I like that. I got all the info, right? I got everything ready to go. No even messing around. Um, If you are somebody who wants to gain the edge though, do a little early. Like I I get that, you know, you're going to get you can get messed up because of injuries. Like you drafted J.K. Dobbins, you drafted Cam Akers, you had an early draft, like that just kind of screws you over and that stinks. But still you, if you're more prepared, if you're more into it, you can do the draft way early and probably gain an edge that way. But for the most part, it's fun, man. Wait as long as possible so you can get all the information that you can. That's my take anyway.
0: I remember a couple of years ago in this draft, I was talking about off air there. We do a draft that basically starts Saturday morning and and sometime Sunday morning. Uh, We were in, I believe it was early in the rounds and a guy drafted Andrew Luck. The very next round, the very next round, he retired on the spot right there in the middle of our draft. And I know we weren't the only draft going on at that time when that announcement was made, but that's, that's kind of where we're at here. You know, things can happen at any time. And even though we do a draft, maybe even on that Wednesday night, I think you're pretty safe on the Wednesday night before Thursday night football, but (laughs) You know, they still practice Thursday. Those Sunday games still practice. Things can still happen. Things can go sideways pretty quick. But uh, I do like, I think we got a special kind of week here because we don't have that fourth preseason week, which kind of gives us a a week to kind of get our bearings behind us here, get these drafts in right now before the season actually starts. Even going into this weekend, if you do the draft this weekend, you should be, should be pretty good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday without things going (laughs) south on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, you're right. It's like, it's not as if you are immune from injuries. I mean, Cam Akers didn't get injured in a game, he got injured in in practice, right? Or whatever. T.Y. Hilton ran him injured in practice. So you're right. You could draft, you know, the day up until the day of the season. You never know when it's going to happen. So there's no perfect answer for me, though. This is, you're right, kind of a unique opportunity right now because of the lack of the fourth preseason game. Like, should be relatively safe. So I I have a feeling that this weekend, I saw somebody put up a Twitter poll, when are they drafting? Seemed like the majority of people will be this weekend, and I think that's probably the best bet.
3: Well, In one of my leagues, I have Cam Akers, Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. J.K. Dobbins. Mm -hmm. I'm happy Wentz is coming back, but it, it was looking real scary for my regular season.
1: You know, the problem, the problem is part of it is like, it's just a war of attrition, man. I mean, this is going to happen. Football hurts. All right. Football hurts. And it's hard to do with these guys do. So there are going to be these injuries. So it, but it's part of any fantasy fantasy season, even baseball, you know, you have to stay healthy. You have to get lucky in that sense. And injuries can come anytime. Like that is the one thing everybody's always like, oh man, we should have waited. Cause then I would have known that know, J.K. Dobbins would have been injured. Dobbins could have gotten injured in the first game, man, and you're in the exact same situation. So it's not a big deal to me. But, yeah, I've seen some people post in and be like, I I just drafted, uh, you know, Cam Akers and uh, ETN and uh, J.K. Dobbins and uh, my season's over. So I get it. Could be worse than for you, Major.
2: Yeah, I was just having this conversation with my uh, with the guys in my home league. And they were talking about pushing it back because of all the injuries that hit. And, you know, unfortunately it's going to happen again, week one, week two, you know, but that's the game. Got to play the waiver wires and make trades and make it
1: happen. Football hurts, man. I mean, that's what it is. It's a contact sport. And again, a lot of these guys get their injuries, you know, the torn ACL that happens a non-contact injury that's going to happen. But, Injuries are going to happen. That's just the way it is. And, you know, that's why we focus, obviously, all people who basically recommend and give fantasy advice almost always recommend like harping on the depth. Right. Like make sure you get your quality running backs or quality wide receivers at the depth, you know, so that you can survive one of those injuries.
0: So I want to talk about that depth a little bit before we move on to the the real part of the show here. So we have had our injuries. We've seen running backs Cam Akers go down. Akers, sorry. Uh we've seen J.K. Dobbins go down as basically the most accurate ranker out there like you've got the trophy to prove it it's right there in the twitter bio it's right hold there
1: hold on hold on hold on don't go anywhere hold on oh, oh, here go. we go boy. here it's we go good. we got we got to do it right i mean do you Absolutely. don't you think i'm gonna keep it right next to me everywhere i go because see what i want to do it was right I, next to i also sleep with it it's hard because it's so large under my pillow i don't sleep very well maybe i should put it somewhere else but yeah i like it. it's right there baby don't worry yeah sorry that's uh I, I I do. You never know when an opportunity like this is gonna arise, right? I got I got to keep it in arms. Arms <laughs> like I'm sorry, Matt. I di- I didn't mean to interrupt. Please continue talking. Hey,
0: you know what? I got no problem with that because if I had a trophy like that, it would be playing Little Spoon. I'd be the Big Spoon every night. That's how that would go. <laughs> you should <laughs> have seen
1: when that trophy came in the mail, and my kids freaked out because they still don't really understand what I do. The only thing my son says, and he because he played in his first fantasy league, like he's eight. Played his first fantasy league last year. The only thing I know is that he does not trust my rankings or my projections. That's, that's the only thing he will say when he was making his decisions, he would go like, dad, what do you have? I'm like, oh, I have this guy a little higher. He goes, I don't think I trust that. I'm going, I'm going the other way. And he's mostly right. I don't know. So whatever. But anyway, when he saw that, he was like, oh, dad. Okay. I gotta listen now, and I'm like, "You're darn right, you do, bud. How about that?" Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep keep telling, <laughs> keep talking about how accurate I was, man I'm I'm so sorry.
0: Hey, you know what? I I like this. We're we're doing good here. So we got we got the J.K. Dobbins situation. How that's breaking down. Uh, I'm a big Gus Edwards guy. I'm like his number one fan type thing. I had him as a standalone flex play, no matter how we looked at it before the injury, and I've talked about this. And I almost feel like it's a curse. We. When we talk about handcuffs, we're like, if this player goes down, we've already put that kiss of death on the guy as soon as we say, if this player goes down and, you know, we hope for a speedy recovery for JK Dobbs because he's a fantastic player altogether, but I love myself some Gus Edwards. And I think he's, I was hoping he would sign elsewhere this year to get that opportunity to prove to be that number one. We're talking about a guy who's averaging over the last three seasons, like 5.1 yards per carry consistently over 700 yards rushing He's proven that he can do it, and I, I'm not. I would not be surprised if he's going to be a borderline. I'll say it, an RB one this year. I think he could be in that 12 to 15 range. I don't think that's a uh, too big of a stretch. I've seen him as far back as 24. I've seen some people creep him up to 19. I, I'm big
1: on this guy. I really think Gus Edwards could be a league winner for you. So I don't have him quite as high as you do. Um, but I do think, first of all, I totally agree with you. Edwards was was like the guy that I would always get as sort of my, my, you know, whether it was a flex or whether it was my first backup running back or something like that, always that guy, right? Because he had the beauty of being the high-end handcuff like he has shown right now with also standalone value. So we knew that that was going to happen. So he would provide value on his own. Now, look. If I knew that the Ravens were not going to sign another running back, if I knew that the Ravens were just going to turn it all over to him, then I, I would basically rank him as a borderline RB one, not crazy high because a he doesn't get uh, he doesn't catch passes right. However many he had nine last year, whatever it was, that was career high. So I think that uh, that that's going to really be sort of the thing that holds his value in check. But as a runner, you're right. He averaged over five yards per carry. The Ravens run the ball a ton. I think he's going to be awesome. So for me, I have him ranked, I'm checking right now, I'm pulling him up. I have him ranked 20th. So a strong, you know, fine RB2. But I think that you're right. He does have borderline RB1 upside. So certainly at this point, if you got him as the handcuff or if you're drafting now, he's a target for sure.
0: So then we kind of keep talking about this. We know Gus Wade Edwards is there. Do we think that Daryl Henderson can do the same thing there? Or is Sony Michelle kind of put a cap on that?
1: I don't know. And I hate that, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I yeah. should know, right? You saw that. You want to see the trophy again? No, you're good. Okay. So um, I for me, I was, it was, you know, Henderson, I was originally sort of like, I, I had him right around where Gus Edwards was when I first did my rankings after the Cam Akers injury. Because A, I, like, with Gus Edwards, I expected the team to sign a, a veteran running back to compete with him. They didn't forever and slowly, but surely I was like, okay, Daryl Anderson's actually a really good back. Like people kind of poo-poo him because it was the Cam Akers show, but he's a really good back. He's got good metrics. He gets involved all the time. And, you know, he was drafted by this regime. So it is something where I think his future could be really bright, but I do think that the fact that they drafted Sonny Michel either shows that they're a little worried about the fact that his thumb, you know, the little thumb injury that we haven't heard that much about, he's supposed to be fine, but they may be worried about that or just generally what they want to do. They probably want to split the, you know, carries or something like that. So in the end, I have Daryl Henderson at 24th right now, and I have Sony Michelle 44th. This isn't half PPR. That's how I rank it. So I do expect Daryl Henderson to be valuable, but I would prefer Gus Edwards for sure.
0: Okay, so a full disclosure before we move on to the next part. I just want to make sure everyone understands. I like to pretend to be magnanimous here. So uh, we're gonna
1: <laughs> so, I have line. To ask I,
0: I gotta ask, what what is that? You know, yeah. we've heard it. Where where does that come from?
1: Um, I I made it up uh, randomly on our baseball show. I host uh, the show leading off uh, a baseball fantasy baseball show every day with Joe Pizzapia. Joe has now moved on to just sort of focus entirely on football because I'm far more dedicated and work so much harder than Joe. I've stayed on to the baseball <laughs> show as well as moved to the football show. But um, for me, I, I don't remember what happened. I said something nice about Joe or I, I sort of took a step back. And and then I just said, like, you know, I like to pretend to be magnanimous. And we have, a, you know, a Discord at Fantasy Pros and everybody in our Fantasy Baseball podcast channel, like, loved that line. And they just kept talking about it. And they were like, Dad, I, I pretend to be like, I like to pretend I'm magnanimous. So I just put in my Twitter profile. And I think it's fair. I think that's probably an accurate uh, <laughs> description of me. So, yeah, I'm rolling with it. I've been described
0: as a lot worse thing. So we'll go with that.
1: <laughs> no, I'll take it. So, Trust me. I have to. I have to.
0: <laughs> so when we kick off this show, this is usually reserved for Calvin because this is his question. This is one is his favorite question. He asks if you're because you do a baseball show. Actually, hang on, I'm going refi- to I'm going to back this up a little bit to Joe Pissapia here a little bit. The dude's like, has he aged in the last 15 years? No. He looks exactly the same as, I know it's, it's not natural. If anything, he's,
1: if anything, he's Benjamin buttoning it, he's going backwards. (laughs) Like he just looks younger and younger. Meanwhile, I look like a potato at this point because I just like, I just keep aging and aging and aging. And we joke, you know, he has kids about my kid's age and every day he just looks better and better and better. And it's, it's bizarre. And it pisses me off, you know, but look, kudos to whatever, whatever found the youth you found Share it up, right here with the four of us let's absolutely. go let's do something absolutely i'm all about that cuz kelvin's
0: older than me major's older than me and i'm the one who's looking like i'm like 62 years old here <laughs> all right how
1: how old are you man i need to know now how old are you uh, i'm
0: under 40
1: we'll put it all that right. way well so all whatever. i can say is that whatever you whatever you got with the facial hair though i mean however you grow that gorgeous gorgeous facial hair i need some of it because like i could let my my facial hair grow for like 6 months and I'd be like a quarter of what you got going on right now. You look fantastic.
0: Well, I don't like to use the word balding. I like to call it hair migration is what we got I like going it. on
1: over here. So. I like it. I, you look fantastic to me, my friend. So don't worry about it. Well, I'll take that. So
0: now now we're going to fast forward to where I was going with this, with Calvin's yes. question. You're, you're coming in the ninth inning. You're closing a ball game out. Or you're a WWE superstar or AEW or whatever you're watching. What is that intro music going to be? What are you going to get the pop to be to get the crowd behind you?
1: Um, so what's so funny is that we do something called spotlight at Fantasy Pros, where every week we do a little spotlight on one of the employees and we ask them a bunch of questions, the same question every time. And one of it is always the what's your walkout music and everything. That That's one of the question to it. And my answer was because you guys can tell I'm kind of a goofball. Like this is not an, this is not an act. This is what my wife would be like. This is the obnoxious Dan that I live with every day. And it's annoying. It's like funny in small doses. And then it just, you're just like, I want to kill myself. (laughs) But I would like, I would totally mess with people and I would do some like super, super slow song. I think I said memory from cats. you know that song like memory like I'd walk out to that So people <laughs> would be like, wait, wait I'm, I'm getting ready to get pumped up or it's the closer or here we go wrestling. and they'd be like, what in the heck? what what is happening right now?" And everybody'd be totally confused. So that would that would sort of be my jam because I I kind of like to you know I kind of mess with people. I think like, at first it will confuse yes. people, but I think it will catch on and then
3: everyone will right. be messing like, up and Ooh. like, you know,
1: trendsetter right yes. here, yes. right? That's Everybody, be, And right I feel like champion. also like in wrestling, my opponent would be like, I can't get jazzed to this, man. I can't get, what, what I can't All do sleep. anything with this. I can't just like friggin' like, going? exactly right. You guys have figured out my whole game. This is actually like my <laughs> whole game in life, right? Like I kind of like lower the expectations a little bit, make sure that nobody is expecting too much. <laughs> Right? Matt knows. Yes, you got it, right? I know exactly. You know, I, I'm
0: afraid to believe it. You set that bar low enough. Every oh once in a while, you trip over it and people applaud you. If you set that <laughs> bar too high, you will never meet that expectation ever again. So set I, I that mean, low.
1: People are here t- right? People are here to talk about fantasy football. We just gave you the key to life. The life, okay? In every area of life. All you do is you put that bar on the floor, man. Like you put it like an inch off the floor and you tiptoe as barely as you can over it. And then people think you're a superstar. My entire life has been solved. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. I guess There you go.
0: We have basically broke down Dan Harris in 20 minutes, which is amazing. Amazing.
1: Amazing. I think we've
0: already got our clip of the show. (laughs) That's (laughs) okay.
2: So yeah, let's uh let's figure out what made you get to this point and dive uh-huh. back <laughs> dive back into you. Sure. Uh, tell us about the importance of uh of sports growing up for you. You know what sports did you play? What were your favorite teams and your favorite players?
1: Um, I was not what uh, I would generously call a quote unquote natural athlete. That's not the uh, Harris brand. I'm married to a super athlete, which is hilarious, by the way. Her entire family could like compete in the olympics and i can barely walk in a straight line um but i played sports all the time growing up like i was i loved baseball growing up we didn't play football i grew up in queens in new york um and there wasn't like the pop warner football league anyway like i mean i played like with my buddies and stuff like that like two-hand touch but it was really mostly baseball and then that was like my big sport right then I went when I got to high school, I went to a nerd high school in New York. They have things called Magnet High schools, So you can be zoned for a high school. My zone was Forest Hills High School. But I went to a high school called Townsend Harris, which was kind of a nerd school, which you had to like apply for like a college. And in it, it was English based. And so for whatever reason, the ratio of female to male was seven to one female to male in that high school. I'm not complaining. OK, I definitely outkick the pun coverage with my high school girlfriend but they had no male sports teams. They didn't have a male baseball team. They didn't have a male football team. They had three sports, tennis, track, soccer. That's it. So I had to choose one of those. I chose tennis. I became a really, really good tennis player. So in terms of what I actually played, that was pretty much it. In terms of what I grew up on, my whole family was obsessed with sports forever. Diehard Mets fan, diehard Jets fan, Die Hard Knicks fan. Yeah, this is what my entire life is. And hockey, we could kind con- of like the Rangers when they won the cup in 94, I was into it, but not so much, but like lived and died with the Mets, lived and died with the Jets, lived and died with the Knicks. My entire life, my extended family, they're all nuts. Everybody was obsessed with it. So pretty much been a huge sports fan my entire life.
0: That sounds like a lot of childhood
1: disappointment right there. I mean,
3: again, <laughs> I
1: like you realize, right? You, I don't want to be disappointed as an adult. I set the far low with everything I do so that I'm never disappointed or nobody's disappointed me. But yeah, not just as a child, man. My whole life, like, where has it gotten better? Have the Jets gotten better in my adult years? Have the Mets gotten better in my adult years? The Knicks, good Lord, that was the most successful Knicks season I've seen in 25 years or something like that. And they got bounced early in the playoffs. Well, you did have the
0: Subway Series in there somewhere, kind of in the adolescence.
1: You mean when they lost the Subway Series to all of my friends who were Yankees fans? That Subway Series, was that the one that you're talking about? That might have been the one.
0: That could have been the one. That one.
1: I mean, I'm telling you, people, right, we, we, you know, everybody loves to make fun of me with the – the butt fumble. And on our live stream, that's the, that's the technical difficulties sort of screen is the butt fumble with Mark. Mark Sanchez like my hero, Rex Ryan, like my hero. We went to back to back AFC championship games, the jets, like, forget about it. I'll dine out on that for the rest of my life, given where I've been as a Jets fan. So I, I like have a soft spot for all those guys. Like, trust me.
3: Yeah. Um, tell us about a decision that changed the trajectory of your life and you can't say marriage or kids.
1: Come on, man. Um, okay. So, not marriage, not kids. A choice that changed the trajectory of my life. Got it. So my wife and I had been married for I don't know, like six months, seven months. Now we were financially secure. You know, we were 29 when we got married, so everything was fine. And I, I came home one day and um she walked out of the bathroom, I was hysterically crying, I said, I have something to show you. And I was like, Oh, God, I hope you're pregnant because if not, I, I don't want to go in there. I don't I don't know what's happening. She was pregnant. This was not planned. This was actively planned against. But we were fine, right? We were financially secure. We were both lawyers. I was a corporate lawyer in New York, so we were fine. And I remember driving up that day to visit her parents. It just happened to be a day we were going up to visit her parents. I remember us talking and I remember saying, you know, I don't think I want to be like a partner in a law firm and work, you know, 80, 90 hour weeks and be rich and everything like that and never see my family. We're going to have a kid. Like, I want to see you. I want to do it. I don't know if we can do that, though, in New York. I think maybe we should think about moving up closer to your parents, which was in Massachusetts and basically right on the border, Massachusetts and New Hampshire. So we talked about that for like the whole way up. We had the weekend with our parents whole way back. And we talked about it. And we made the decision that I was basically going to leave my job as a corporate lawyer on the partner track, like, definitely, you know, ascending to basically take a low, not a low paying job, but a more reasonable job, nine to five job and move our family to New Hampshire, where we live now, to basically change kind of the way we were going to be. I mean, I, you know, if you guys have watched my live streams, if anybody has, you guys know, I'm, I'm completely obsessed with my dopey kids. Like they come on the live streams, they come in everything. Like that's my whole life. I knew that that's what it had to be. I couldn't be like the dad who didn't make it to the Little League games or anything like that. I just couldn't. So at that moment, we made the decision together that I was going to leave my job and I was going to get like a, a, you know, a more reasonable job. And we were going to make the move to New Hampshire, which is where we live now, 10 years, 11 years later. So that's certainly something where my life would have been quite different. Uh, had we had we gone the other way on that one?
0: Well, so you know, you're not go ahead, Tara. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I've I've kind of seen that little path there with a few fantasy analysts out there. Uh, Mark uh, Schofield, there, he kind of went from being the lawyer to the uh, fantasy kind of thing. Um, but like he said, his wife was they were financially able to make that transition as well. It sounds like you were able to make that transition as well, but. I believe it was Cornell Law School. I think that's where you went to
1: school. Correct. For, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Research. My Man, family, my stocking is paying this off. Is, this is the best. I mean, you know, I mean, just tell my whole life story, guy. I don't even have to be here. I'll just listen. Just listen. And that's <laughs> right. Number one. That's we're trying, we're trying to make it easier. Oh, right. I'm trying to put the it. words in his mouth for him here, but you know,
0: that's you mentioned. That's a huge change in the career path going from. So you went from basically a lawyer to that nine to five job before you got into this whole fantasy, whatever we want to call it nowadays. Like it, it's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Um, what was that nine to five job?
1: What so was that transition I, job? Yeah. So I uh, went to work for the federal judiciary for a federal uh, judge acting as a law clerk. So basically, you remember when Tom Brady, right, was suspended by Goodell for deflate gate. He appealed uh, to the court, to the federal court to review the uh, decision by uh, Goodell or whatever. or maybe went to arbitration, then he appealed it to federal court. And the federal judge uh, you know, wrote a lengthy decision, 60 pages or something like that, overturning it, saying why you know the decision was wrong. So federal judges, they make rulings, they do orders. I like to say like a a law clerk drafts, you know, helps them draft their opinions and helps them work through legal research and stuff like that. Most law clerks, federal law clerks are people who come straight out of law school. Like it's like their first step on the way to being it. I did things a little differently. I practiced for seven years and then I went to do that job. And it really was a means to an end where I wanted a chance basically to a way to move up here, a job to move up here that, you know, was, was secure and, Basically, what allowed me to see my family enough. It was a perfect job. I got a one-year clerkship. I thought it would be one year, and I would figure it out from there. And I wound up staying there for, gosh, eight years or something like that. So that's really what it was. And I love it. I mean, I love the law. I still do. I'm still a lawyer. Still barred. Um, but that was really something where I didn't realize how how amazing it was. I love to write. You know, I love to research. I just I love to you know think about the law. Frankly, I'm a nerd. So uh, it was that's really what it was working for the federal judiciary for a long time before I came here.
0: So the people who can't watch right now, I almost started breaking out laughter. I thought you were going to tell us you were like the sketcher for the Tom Brady picture. from that. <laughs> oh, picture. yeah, that was me,
1: actually. I also <laughs> did that, but that was sort of like in the I'm. I, who are these people, by the way? I want to know the people who are like, you know what I want to do when I grow up? I want to make really horrible drawings of people in the courtroom so that people can see courtroom <laughs> sketch artists, man. They got it made right. They can do whatever they want. That person's still employed. I'm sure the person who drew Brady. Good. It's probably a lifetime job. Way to be. <laughs>
2: I am not artistic. That job would not fit me. They would all be stick figures.
1: But look, look <laughs> at that person. All right. Your stick Pretty figure would be it. just as good, right? A just as good a likeness of Brady as that person drew for sure.
2: True, true. So Lower the bar. Remember, to, Tara, lowered the yeah, bar. Exactly. exactly. I got to change my mindset here. <laughs> so taking it back to uh, fantasy football for a second. Yeah. Um, We saw the change or we just talked about the change in you finding out that you were going to be a dad to how you wanted to transition your work life. You know, so going back to changes, what are what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in yourself um, when you started fantasy football versus right now?
1: So you mean as an analyst or just you mean playing or or whatever? As an analyst. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I started as a baseball guy like that when I first did anything fantasy, I mean, I played fantasy, obviously. I've been pretty, you know, generally um, analytically minded just, you know, throughout my life. Um, But I started with fantasy baseball when I first joined eventually fantasy football and then it moved on. I think the biggest thing for me was the rankings competition. So when I first joined the rankings competition, and again, what we usually do is you get, it's usually like a one year sort of probationary period just to make sure that you keep up with your rankings each week, because a lot of people join, they want to be in the competition, they want to get graded on their accuracy, and then they just kind of piece out after, you know, a week, or they don't check their rankings to make sure that they're accurate and in the consensus. So we like to make sure so that's what was happening with me. And when I first did rankings, I was really just very kind of gut feely, right? Like I was kind of like, okay, I like this guy better than this guy. And I like this guy better than this guy. That's really what it was. And look, we know football, we all do that. Like we we can still make Good recommendations based on that. But as I got into it, I'd always done projections for baseball players. Always. Like that's just something that I had learned to do long ago about how to project it for my own fantasy leagues. Like that's just what I would do because I it helped in my rankings. And I decided to try to become more analytically minded with football as well. Now, football is honestly, it's it's even now, even with the steps that it's taken. It's still pretty far behind baseball. The analytics revolution in baseball happened way earlier than football. But football is becoming much more you know analytical as we we know from coaches making all these weird decisions that people freak out about, but the analytics say are correct. I started doing taking the rankings process, especially super seriously obviously Matt, you, do you need to see the trophy? You're good. okay. so I I really started honing in on kind of the rankings process and I started projecting not only season long, but I do projections every single week, every week, every player, I make my own projections. And that has really helped me have way more success. So the the like overarching change is that I've just become much more analytical in my decision making. And I don't think that always comes across, by the way, on the podcast, like you guys can tell, like, my whole shtick, my whole life is based around making fun of myself and goofing off and trying to relate to people on a personal level, you know, rather than sort of get into the muck and the details. Some people like tags are able to do both. Like he's able to appeal to both the hardcore, crazy analytically driven person and the casual fantasy football fans, a very hard thing to do. I don't always go into the crazy weeds when I'm on the podcast and stuff like that, but weekly, there's an ongoing joke about like what I do every week for the projections where they know come Saturday, at 7pm, I did my initial projections, I'm then doing my sweep of the projections. And it's like, I'm up till two, basically going through every game and going through everything. And it's just a joke where people know they, they can't message me on Slack during that time, because I'm like in it. So the biggest change for me is that I, I've gone from being more of a feel type of analyst, you know, that sort of thing to being pretty analytically driven, especially with my projections.
0: I like that because we, we do have that uh, film versus analytics debate all the time in fantasy football. And when we talk about accuracy, a couple of the other guys that are really good at this, they talk us through their process and Justin Boone and Pat uh, Fitzmaurice there. And they go like right into some like what type of grass is being grown at Arizona at this <laughs> time. They, they go really into it. There's, there is a art to what you guys do as far as being some of the best accuracy projectors out there right now. So I have to give a little hat tip of uh, my hat tip. I was wearing one to you on this.
1: (laughs) I I appreciate it. I mean, uh, you know, these guys have been doing it for way longer than I've, I've only been in the accuracy competition for, I don't know, four years or something. They've been doing it, Pat, probably since the beginning of it and Boone forever. Like their, their level of consistency is silly. Like you should not be able to do what those guys do. They're absolutely incredible. But you know, on our fest Boone's internet Uh, The Fantasy Fest, which Tara, of course, was was partly a host. Um, Boone's uh, his uh, Internet was a little, little spotty. So it kept coming in and out. But we were talking about it and we were talking about what our Saturdays are. And it gave me comfort sort of to know that we do a very, very similar process, which is you are going through everything. He, I mean, what's great about Boone is like you develop connections. I don't have them right now, but like he, he will text like beat writers or something like that to ask them about certain things, like anything that you can gain that's gonna help you sort of project one way or another. And I do think that projections, and I'll throw this out there, I've mentioned this before. There's a book called Super Forecasting, which I've talked about with Sean Kerner. That's a book that he relies on a lot. If you are ever interested in projecting, that's not a fantasy sports book that's just a general how you sort of think about probabilities and what you think about super forecasting it's a great read it's a great thing to do if you're into projections if you do want to succeed in like the ranking competition consistently and stuff like that i do think that that's something that you probably have to get into because all those guys like you mentioned it i mean kerner and boone and Fitz, they all sort of and jake seeley they all do that sort of stuff
3: yeah um at what point did you decide to make fantasy
1: football Uh, more than a hobby so (laughs) man i so i used to work crazy hours right like i met like when you work in a new york city law firm they pay you a boatload of money i'm not gonna lie they pay you a boatload of money at about 40 cents an hour right they're like all right man we're gonna pay you a lot of money but we own you okay we're gonna call you whenever you want i got like work calls like on like thanksgiving eve like to be like, oh, I need this, I need this. And that's just it, that's job, that's fine. You sign up for that, we get it. So when I started working a regular job, after several years, I don't know, man, I'm, I, my wife would call me a workaholic, okay? like, And that that's fair, I like to work. I like to be busy, I like to do stuff and I love fantasy sports and I can write. And so I had a little extra time so I started sort of contributing to our news desk at Fantasy Bros. I literally saw a tweet from Fantasy Bros. Want to write about your favorite team? come here and apply. And I was like, okay, that's fun. I love the Mets. This was baseball season. I said, let me, let me write news desk updates about the Mets. And I did it. And they were like, it was volunteer, but it was fun. I couldn't even write about the Mets, by the way, that team was full. I had to write about the Cardinals. So I started doing it and they were like, you know, five updates a week would be good. Five, seven updates a week. And I was like, okay. Oddly enough, I had just seen the movie Zootopia. I don't know if you guys have seen that. And uh, in Zootopia, like the bunny starts and she becomes the, she wants to be like a a cop and she's very excited and she becomes like a, they're like, here, be a meter maid. And she was just sort of like, all right, I'm going to be the best meter maid that ever is. And she gives out like a million tickets. She's like, I'm going to do 200 tickets this hour. And that's sort of what I said with the news desk. I was like, oh, you want five or seven updates per week? I'm going to do five or seven updates per day. And I just started cranking them out. And I'm an educated human. So I generally understand syntax and grammar and things like that and so they were like hey do you want you want to try writing an article and i was like okay i'll try whatever and i wrote an article and i i remember asking can i make it like funny is that allowed and they were like if you can good luck and so i would put in sort of jokes and from then it just started going more and more they were like can you do more and i was like okay sure whatever i have free time i'm good like whatever that started going more and more and more. And then they started asking me to do a ton. And then they started reaching out to me about like, eventually, do you want to do this full time? And my answer was, no, you're nuts. I'm a lawyer. Like I like fantasy sports, fantasy football is amazing. I love fantasy pros. You guys have been great to me. You've given me opportunities, but no, that's not what I want to do. I appreciate it though. Thank you. And they said, all right, cool. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And then eventually it got bigger, got bigger, got bigger. And then eventually they said, okay, we we want to talk to you about some opportunity. And I, I was very much like, guys, I love you guys. I, I will I like contributing to you. I like writing about sports. I like analyzing football, but I'm just not going to go full time. They were like, we want to, what about editor in chief of the company? And I was like, Oh, okay. We okay, we can talk about this. And I talked about it with uh, one of our founders. That you know, our founders are just fantastic straight shooters down to earth. And again, I had a wonderful relationship with the company. Everybody who I'd met there was fantastic. Tags and I were friends at this point. So they sort of talked about it and it sounded amazing. And I was like, can I do this? Can I leave a legal job? Like my father was a judge, like law is like in my blood, right? Like the idea of thinking about doing this as a profession just never crossed my mind really even then. But I started thinking more and more about it. The company was great. The offer was great, and I took my wife out to uh, a big steakhouse in New York. We we're visiting my mother with the kids. Went to Peter Luger Steakhouse in New York, and uh, I I mentioned it to her, and she was like, "That's funny. That's that's funny. That's we're not we're not doing that." It's like all right, that's fine. But we kept talking it out, talking it out, talking it out. And from the time I got the offer, as crazy as it was, I probably thought I would accept it. Five percent, five percent of me was like, "Wow, that's really interesting. Maybe I should think about that." Not really. I mean, come on, give me a break. To think about it more, and then it was like fifteen percent. Thinking about it more, twenty five percent. Went out to white. Went out to a dinner with my wife. Became like fifty percent. I went home. I talked about it with my mother. Mother, right? A mother is probably going to be like, "Be a lawyer, dude. Like, be a lawyer." My mom was like, "Oh, this sounds fantastic. You should take this. You should go." Talked to my sister, who's like an entrepreneur, runs her own social media company. She was like, "This is not. This is a no brainer. You go do this." And I was like, "Okay." I guess so realistically to do it full-time was something that I had done stuff for fantasy pros for years. I never really considered it. It was just a fun thing to do something as a hobby to the moment they made me the full-time offer. And I basically accepted. So it basically happened in like, a four or five day span where I went from, I'll probably never do this full time to, okay, I guess I'm leaving my legal job and I'm gonna go do this. So really just a bizarre sort of like turn of events. Cause I think a lot of people go out there, they wanna do this full time. They wanna work in the fantasy sports industry. And I mean, I am I was in my late thirties. I have a family, like I, I, you know, those dreams I gave up long ago of being a young 20 something person who would write about fantasy sports my entire life. But when this happened and and just the way it sort of came down, it's great. And again, it's been two years and we've had a weird two years, obviously, um, for many reasons, certainly COVID being one of them, but it's still the best decision I've ever made.
0: Well, let's even talk about those two years here because you're also the podcast host on top of uh, the editor-in-chief, which sounds really official. And I'm not educated, so you're going to have to bear with me here. I'm not educated, but... You know, we we just seen you guys crack a hundred thousand on the YouTube. Now it's up to one hundred seven thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of that came post COVID. That a lot of that came once you guys started launching, and it, it just took off from there. And you, it's not just it's that whole team you guys talk about, the Fantasy Pros. There, uh, uh, Joe and Tags and Yates and you're bringing in even better people like Tara and Lauren and the list goes on and on here. And it's fantastic. More important is the good people you're bringing in and surrounding yourselves with and helping take that on to the next hundred thousand subscribers moving forward. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I think Tara probably deserves sixty percent of the credit for us reaching for us reaching a hundred thousand. So, I'm, Tara, <laughs> thank you, thank you for helping us out. Yeah, look, it it wow, really. It I, I mean, it's your Look, she's fantastic. What do you want? Um. So the the growth of it really has been something that. Tara. Great I mean, job. right, right, amazing. Just crushing life, Sarah. (laughs) Crushing. Okay. So the growth of it, you're right. I mean, we did. We did. You're right. I remember when we passed 100,000, we were all like, had like a mini like, yay, good job, team, way to go. And then I looked up this morning and you're right, it was 107 and stuff like that. And it's great. And look, again, I, I mentioned him. We were joking a little bit before we started recording. We do have a senior video producer named Chris, who is fantastic. He runs a very tight ship. And so he knows, I hope he's listening to this because I love Chris. He runs a very tight ship though. And there are reasons though, because Chris is amazing at what he does. And we really devoted ourselves to it because I don't know about you guys, if you've experienced this, but it seems to me like there's a whole separate audience that consumes content only through YouTube, like not, not necessarily just like podcasts and like I'll also watch on YouTube. Some people just want to consume their content on YouTube. So we tried to make sure that we were hitting all our bases and we went from sort of recording most of our podcast to making sure all of our podcasts are recorded on video and put up, doing separate videos for it, doing a ton of live streams. So it's a ton of work really that the whole team just puts in, but I do think that you're right, Matt, that a lot of it is the people and we've really tried to focus on making, you know, quality, you know, hires, making sure that the team, as we grow, because it's hard, you know, when you grow a team and it gets bigger and bigger. I mean, you know, five years ago, Fantasy Pros was, you know, like seven people, right? And now it's, you know, more than 40. So as you grow a company, you have to be careful. You have to make sure. And kudos to everybody who's been involved in hiring every part of the team. The dev team, again, I have mentioned, ridiculous. I I have no words for all the work they do, but the content team, the on-air team, like everybody... Beyond putting out good content, they're good people and they work hard and they work well together and we like each other. Like that's the thing. That's one of the reasons, again, why everybody in the industry loves tags. Everybody does. But we really consider tags like our brother. So, you know, it, this whole thing, that's one of the, the many things that makes it so hard. But it really is focusing on not only the work, not only the people like Chris, who we've talked about with the graphics and just everything, but the people you're we, we've tried to put an emphasis on hiring not only talented people, but good people.
2: Oh, Matt,
0: you're on mute. That happens once a show, guaranteed. <laughs> That's fine. You time. want me to go on mute? <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll yeah. go
1: right back. No, go ahead.
0: So we're talking about good people it's here. drinking game now. You- Whenever
1: he's on mute, people get
0: a drink. So. <laughs> is it drink?
1: I only have water, but I'm going to drink anyway, all right? Is that cool? Just so you guys <laughs> know, this is how I, this is how, I, I don't know if you could read it. Set goals and demolish them. And it has an hour by hour counter of where I need to be to drink my adequate amount of water. That this is the type of discipline that you need, Matt. When you're going to earn that trophy, do you want to see it again, Matt? I would love to see it again. No, it's all right. Twenty minutes later, yeah, it's fine. It's I already (laughs) put it under my pillow just to get it nice. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I give it a nice polish. (laughs) You understand? You understand? It's resting. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) wrestle. It's okay, Trophy.
0: (laughs) Maybe one of your biggest fans, he had sent this in to us. He wanted us to make sure that we showed you what what he had created. And if you could kind of give us a little background maybe on this. Hang on. Let's see if I can pull it up.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, no. Um, uh, That, uh, yeah. So that's obviously me uh, side by side with uh, the wonderful character from Saturday Night Live, Debbie Downer. Uh, who just puts kind of a a downspin on things. And you guys know Joe, who is, again, aging backwards. So he's probably like 12 at this point. And 12-year-olds are like really excited about things and only want the positives. And every time Joe would like go off on one of his super positive tangents, I'd be like, I don't really buy into it or yeah, I don't know. And again, to be to be as clear as possible, part of it is the projection process. And when you do projections, you're like, you're like conservative about everything, right? Like you don't go to the 100 percentile outcome of anything, you're at the 50%. So you're like, I can't do this, Joe, I'm sorry. No. And he was like, why are you such a downer? What What? you're such a Debbie Downer. And I just did that face, And I, I kind of think I nailed it. Like, I mean, look at that, right? Like, I, mean, I, I look like Debbie Downer.
0: I mean, that angle, the angle, that smirk is right on there. It, it is <laughs> yeah. perfect. The lip quiver yes. and everything, you've got it.
1: I really am a downer in so many ways. And I'm so sorry for everybody who's forced to work with me, Tara included. Um, It's just terrible. You guys are probably ready to be done on this podcast. You're like, God, I can't believe we signed this guy up willingly. We answered his emails after like 17 emails being like, can I please come on the podcast? You guys finally relented. Now you're, now you're just totally just, you, know, you hate it. My bad.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, we love this. This is what the show is all about. Getting that little bit of a background, getting that little other stuff that non-football talk, essentially. But we're going to bring it back to football a little bit. Yep. Uh, we've all got these favorite leagues that we're in. Uh, I just kind of mentioned uh, some my home league that gets a little crazy there. Well, what's one of your favorite leagues? Is there a home league in particular? Is there like a an experts league that you look forward to every year? What's that one league for, uh, Dan Harris? So and I've
1: probably... cut. Co- I've got. <laughs> Well, my trophy has its own favorite league. Um, But I have cut back on uh, a lot of the leagues that I was in just because I don't have the time for it anymore. But I'll give I'll give two. Okay, one is like my oldest league with my oldest friends from all over the place. The best part about that league is everybody calls me something different in that league. Like people who knew me growing up call me Danny. People who know me from college call me Dan. People who know me from law school call me Harris. And so people in that league are from all over the place and I'm the commissioner. So when I send them an email, I don't know what to sign off on it with, but that's the one that's on Wednesday right before the season. That one I really, really enjoy just because it's friends. The other one I enjoy, I probably enjoy because it's worth a lot of jelly beans. And so I put a lot of effort into it and I share it with one of my closest friends who uh, a friend of mine from our uh, law firm days, And it's a salary cap draft. So that's always fun, right? I love the salary cap drafts. because It's a lot of strategy. And it's actually got this really cool format. I don't know if you guys play on CBS at all, but if you're out there, people, and you play on CBS, I think this is a really good thing that you can do for your league. So it's got two different components. It's got the very standard playoffs, right? Where you go through, you know, back then it was whatever week, 14, you know, 13, and then you have 14, 15, 16 playoffs. But it also combines CBS lets you do Your record, your record, if you played every single team every week and your power ranking, which like combines uh, or and your points. And then it gives you a power ranking of your rating in all three of those. And so then it ends with like a roto thing. So even if you somehow are the best team in the league, but you face that one team, right, that always outscores you and you're unlucky. If you're beating every other team in the league and you're putting up a ton of points, you actually have a chance to win the overall power rankings. And that's actually worth even more money than the playoffs. So that one's actually a lot of fun for me because people don't fall out of it. People stay into it because they're always involved in that. So that one is really my favorite. The salary cap draft. Those are back to back Tuesday night before the end of the season, before the start of the season. Wednesday night before the start of the season. So I'm going to be busy those two nights. Okay, I can't. I can't come back on here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Can you at least let the trophy stay? Can we have the yeah? The trophy can. The the trophy can come. Um, He's shy. Doesn't like to talk too much. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll give him a nice a nice polish before he comes on. I got your back. Nice. Nice.
2: Perfect. <laughs> I am thinking Major might be a little – oh, it is?
0: Okay. I no, think Major's good oh, right okay. now. Okay.
2: Sorry. Yes. Um, so, fantasy sports. Uh, let's take it back to – what has <sighs> – So I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what has fantasy sports taught you about yourself in terms of maybe the way that you approach podcasting, um, YouTube? Is there, is there anything in particular that you've learned about yourself and your approach?
1: Boy, this is going to sound terrible. Okay. And I, I don't mean this in any way to sound egotistical because I, I really, I don't feel that way, but I, I will be honest that, Especially taking this job as the editor in chief. And I remember talking when they were making me this job. Okay. Cause as the editor in chief, it was partly an, an on-air sort of thing, right? I knew I was going to do some podcasts. I didn't quite know I was going to do as, as many as I did. There were obviously certain unforeseen circumstances that made me kind of have to shift my priorities. But sort of being kind of, you know, directing content a little bit and that sort of thing, I didn't know how to do that as a lawyer. And I was nervous. Like I was, I was worried. And I remember talking to my wife about that. And she was like, well, what, what are your hesitations with taking the job? And I said, well, obviously number one, it's leaving the law. Like that's a big deal, leaving a very stable job. But number two, I don't know how the heck to do this job. And I don't understand why they think I can do this job. And I remember talking to the person who hired me and I said to him, he had made me the offer ready, and I said, you know, I don't know how to do anything that you're asking me to do, right? Like I, I don't know how to do this job. And they were like, you do because of X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll take the leap and do it. And so I think, to be honest, what this entire journey has done is taught me that if I if I really put my mind to it, and if I work hard enough, I really feel like I could accomplish anything. And that sounds so like 80s, you know, movie, like you know, movie of the week, sort of like, yay, just put your mind to it. You'll do anything. But that really is sort of what this has done for me because I I never thought, A, I never thought I'd be good enough to do this job anyway. When I was first on a podcast, I thought it was terrible. And I don't know why anybody would ever listen to me. When I first started ranking, I was like, I'm never gonna be able to, you know, have decent rankings. Like everything I've doubted myself throughout the whole way because it's just not what I ever had done. And after doing it and doing it in a way that I have found my own niche and, and my own way of doing things, it just it's something that has made me feel like, you know, in the end, I feel like I, I'll, I'll put enough effort into something. If I really enjoy something, I, I can probably do anything. I know that's incredibly cheesy, but uh, that that's something that honestly I, I do feel like this journey has taught me.
2: No, I, uh, I don't find it cheesy at all. I, I, I identify with it a ton because I know you guys obviously all know that I'm, you know, newer to the industry and just started, um, you know, obviously playing fantasy football for a long, long time consumer. But in terms of putting myself out there, much shorter um, starting this year. And, you know, everything that you say makes sense completely, because a lot of times I don't realize, you know. Things that I can do. You know, I think Matt, you know, is one of the people who is always in my ear telling me, you know, hey, you can do this. You can, you know, you have these capabilities. Don't worry about this. And a lot of times it helps, you know, to have those people that are, you know, behind you helping you understand that you don't have to be worried about taking steps forward. You don't have to be worried about being able to push yourself forward and what your capabilities are because, you know, it's something that's in you and you're just going kind to of have to come to the realization.
1: Yeah. And I will say this is off point a little bit but it's worth pointing out that I think you guys do a great job and Matt you know Matt and I have emailed a little bit and Matt knows I've been kidding about the fact that I was beating down his door to get on the podcast Matt was very patient with me as he would send me emails be like hey you want to come and I would see it and I'd be like, I got to respond to that. And then I'd have 75 Slack messages uh, about stuff and I'd completely forget about Matt. And then finally, I remember I was like, no, this is it. I have like a little notification when Matt messages me now to be like, message him back right away. But I will say that, Matt, you and I were messaging about like you're doing, you know, you were doing something solo and you were working on stuff and you were working to get it. And I remember watching it and I like my feedback to you. You were like, great. You were like, hey, any feedback? Cause I've done solo stuff and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, this is good. Like this is this is good, like minor things, like minor like tweaks to sort of do something. But I think you guys are really talented. I, I really think that, you know, you, you know, just at, on a personal level, I like all you guys. But really, you do a fantastic job. And so, I mean, I don't know if it's just me and Tara, but certainly it's it's really hard, man. This is this is saturated space. There's so many content providers. And I always feel like it's really difficult to sometimes feel like you belong or or feel like you have a way to differentiate yourself. So I do want to make sure that I say at the very least that I'm a fan of all of you guys. And I think you do fantastic work.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think you look across the space here. There's so many smaller accounts as far as Twitter followers that are doing some fantastic work out there. Maybe even some ones that are out doing better work than myself. And even people that we look up to in the industry, there's some very talented young up and coming fast. analysts out there, like, I'm nearly forty, so you know I'm on the back end of things here right now. But there's some of these kids coming up that you look at, and you're like, man, if I knew what I knew now back then, like well, these kids are getting a great head start on how things are going. The industry is pushing that way. Opportunity is presenting itself as far as anyone now can grab a webcam, grab a mic, do a podcast, sit down there, and hone that craft of theirs to the point where they feel comfortable in front of the screen or get comfortable in the writing if that's the way they want to go. But I think we're seeing more and more video, TikTok, short video yep. It's kind of the way that this industry is kind of going. So that's really opening it up for a lot of these younger individuals that have this chance now to kind of take that torch and continue on where see where this fantasy football takes them going forward.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, I thought of another thing, Tara, that, you, you know, with your question, what do you, you ask? What does this taught me? It's okay. If not, everybody likes you. That's also another thing that it's okay with. So when I had to sort of jump in last year, and become the full-time podcast host, which was was not really ready for, I was not prepared for. I mean, there were a few people who were unhappy with my performance and who remained very unhappy with my performance. And they're not all that shy about letting you know that and letting our company know that that's okay. Um, what I've learned is like that's okay. Like, you cannot possibly appeal <laughs> to every person. You can't possibly make everybody like you and you just have to become okay with that. I've had a lot of conversations with Joe PSP as he is sort of since he's joined us like obviously it's a, a bigger like standalone platform than he's used to right because he does all these different things now he's reaching you know he's mentioned a hundred over a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers, the podcast downloads. That was something that we had to talk through about like, what's it like when you get all this feedback and a lot of it is really positive, but some of it is like, oh, why don't say that? You know, I don't want to hear that. And what I said to them is I went through the same thing and it's okay. It's okay that not everybody loves you or loves what you do. Like that's something to just become comfortable with, be comfortable with yourself and don't really worry about all that noise. So that's another thing that this whole thing has taught me, Tara.
2: Nice.
3: Over to you, Major. Um in any relation. Oh, can you hear me? Good. Am I still there? My internet is going it. crazy right now. That's all right. right. All right. So uh in, in any in in any profession, we all know that relationships are super important. Um, can you talk about some of the people that helped you along the way in the fantasy world?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. So I I'm not and have never been a huge networker. Like, you know, again, this is something coming from somebody who did not really want or expect to do this as a profession. So I wasn't out there at the expo. You know, I know, Matt, you were just in Canton, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't there. I I, I didn't go there whenever, or have any of these things to try to meet people. So I never, like, you know, took that sort of step to get at realistically, and I don't say this because I work for the company, it really has all been internal people. Tags was a huge person in promoting me. And he, he had tried to recruit me and he had tried to convince me that it was sort of the right move. And we would talk all the time about, you know, how well he and I worked together. And, and he was constantly, which I learned later, it's somebody who was again, kind of pushing for me to kind of, you know, make the leap and stuff like that. And, and singing my praises for lack of a better way to say it, to fantasy pros as somebody who could be hired full-time. Somebody else who nobody knows, although if you've like contributed to the Expert Consensus platform or you've applied for anything, you've probably heard just his random name, which is Blaine. Uh, Blaine is somebody who I work with closely, and he is uh, one of my close friends as well. Blaine was really the one who I worked with the first time. He was the one who basically very clearly Pushed for me originally to get opportunities. And, it, you know, uh, it, they, we joke about it, but he was the one who said, I want him to write more articles. I want him to run our entire news desk because that was also kind of the first stepping stone. I started running our news desk, the one that puts out blurbs of, of player news. I ran that. Um, I, and then I started getting more opportunities on the podcast he pushed for me to get them. He was really the one behind all of it. Without Blaine, I wouldn't be here. Without Tags, I wouldn't be here. I wish I sort of had gotten to know more people in the community before now. Like now it's great. And now I try to make sure that everybody knows, like if you have a voice, if you you know want me to promote something or something like that, I always try to make sure I do because I think I want everybody to, you know, every every voice should be heard in our community. But in terms of actually helping me get where I am, it really was two people the most tags and Blaine who nobody knows but is one of the unsung heroes of my journey into fantasy pros.
2: Awesome. And I guess you know to, to wrap things up this uh, this entire episode has really been advice for everybody I mean just you know <laughs> every single person sure. but for those of us who are trying to make it in the industry, one piece of advice
1: uh be reliable. That was really what differentiated me and my work. I mean, I, I could write because I, you know, had written my whole life and, you know, I could do stuff, but there was never a time that I was tasked with an article or an update or a task of any kind where I didn't do it. That never happened, not a single time. And I think that that, honestly, when I evaluate people, And I see a lot of people come through, a lot of part-time contributors, a lot of people ask stuff like that. Above all, like that sort of stuff goes so far. I mean, the littlest things, if you are tasked with basically doing like an update, which requires you to click a button, which means nothing to anyone at all, if that's your task, do it and do it to the best of your ability. And I think that that really, above everything else, is what differentiates people from the pack because a lot of people come in like a house on fire, and they want to do the best job, and they're going to be the greatest fantasy, you know, analyst in the history of mankind, and they want to do this. And then you're like, okay, well, what happened to that article that you really want to write today? And, you know, it's like, well, I, I forgot about it, or I fell behind, or you just never hear from them again, half the time, like, be reliable, if you want to get started in the industry that above all, that trumps like hard work and, and reliability. It, it almost trumps talent at this point so really that's that's focus on beyond just your work make sure you're there and reliable awesome
0: i uh, think the thing i'm taking from this the most is we've had uh, uh davis pang there he's been in the chat room a little bit kind of like you're speaking right to him you know your story's kind of really resonating with him you can catch him over at fantasy i pulled him up on twitter your Fantasy six pack and he's been listening into the show so i hope you're still watching davis and uh, taking this in really good here. I know you're doing big things right now. Another one of these young up and comers in the whole Twitter sphere, so to speak, when it comes to fantasy football, you know, I've caught some of his work there. Um, he was at the expo as well, walking around there. So just want to give a little show. When anyone kind of joins us in the yeah. chat, I kind of want to make sure we point them out there and thank them for spending their time with us because you know what time is valuable. And uh, we're just thankful that people like to spend some with us here. Yeah. Um, Kara, I'm going to send it over to you for the plugs.
2: All right, uh, Dan, we'll start with you. Um, I, I will. I know that you have. I've been listening diligently to your uh, new morning oh. every yeah every single morning. I like to start Thank my day you. off that way with you know you. my news update. It helps. It's like a really very reliable resource that people need to check out.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's a new podcast. The kickoff, like kick off your morning. Um, I did one for baseball. It was called Leading Off. I guess every word has to, every podcast I do solo has to have the word off in it apparently. But the kickoff uh, started a couple of weeks ago. That's really what it's going to be. It's just something where I want you to feel like if you fell asleep for 24 hours and you missed everything the entire day before that, when you wake up, you feel not only like you didn't miss anything, but you feel generally prepared. It's going to be much more of an in-season thing started a little early so that everybody could kind of get a taste of it and get used to it. And it's doing, you know, people seem to have responded positively to it. So I'm excited about it. I've got to write it and record it after we're done here, of course, but uh, I appreciate it. It's called the kickoff. Again, you can find it on uh, Apple podcasts or, you know, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast.
2: And uh, anything else you want to plug?
1: (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Look, (laughs) obviously, you know, we mentioned the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. And if you want, you know, to, to join up with us, of course, uh, you know, we have a couple of great promotions right now where you can get our entire Hall of Fame package. That is the best we offer. That's everything we've got for the entire fantasy football season for 10 bucks by, you know, depositing 10 bucks on one of the DFS sites, Yahoo or Underdog or FanDuel and DraftKings and playing a contest. If you go through fantasypros.com offer $10 for the entire thing. And again, we have a Discord uh, where you can go to com slash chat. and includes that. We do stages. I, it's like a radio show stages thing uh, where we do that all the time and we do AMAs and all that sort of stuff. And in fact, if you guys saw me ever distracted while we were doing it is because people were DMing me on Discord and it pops up and I don't know how to turn the notifications off. So it was just constant people in the Discord DMing me. So I apologize if at any point I looked kind of like stricken. <laughs> that's all that was because it was a little noise in my ear. But anyway, yeah, that's what you can do. com slash offers, com slash chat, all the fantasypros.com.
2: Nice. And then to uh, go to the Vipers, I'll start up with Major. Major has a show coming up as well. We've actually got a ton of shows coming up. Um, Matt and the team have been working very hard at a lot of new shows in development that will be launching in season. And Major is one of those. Major, did you want to uh, give any uh, little tip off about your show coming up?
3: um i'm just trying to tell the other side of fantasy sports trying to humanize the players a little bit more um some of the language of fantasy football can be you know triggering and all that good stuff so i'm just trying to open up the minds of the fantasy world and see where that goes you know
2: nice nice. And then, um, and then me, I'll do me quick. Um, uh, but I don't think I have to say much because you guys have talked about me, um, multiple times throughout the show. But, uh, <laughs> but I am, uh, obviously, you know, uh, work with the Here's Vipers as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I'm uh, very happy for the opportunity to contribute to Fantasy Pros. So I've had a couple of videos that have launched recently. Uh, and I got to be on the, uh, fantasy fest that we did, uh, the prior week. And it's just been really awesome joining the team, getting my voice out there, doing some videos. So, um, tick as well, um, that we're getting going. So if you want to check out any of my work, obviously check me out here at fantasy pros on the YouTube channel and on the TikTok as well. So that's going great. And then we will wrap things up with Matt, um, our fearless, awesome leader.
0: Uh- <laughs> well, you're not done yet because you got a show coming out on Wednesday as well that you didn't mention here.
2: Oh, yeah, that, you're right. That is bad, especially because that's, uh, especially that's a charity opportunity. <laughs> I will be on the uh, the CBS Draftathon on Wednesday. Uh, I think my time slot is 10.15 p.m., but if you check out my Twitter, I'll tweet about it on the day of as well, multiple times. But you can check me out there, and if you go to uh, my Twitter, the pen post that I have up top is the link if you want to donate for a chance to win, I think it's just a 10-minute call, to do some draft prep with me. So, um, and all the proceeds go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So that's a great cause as well. So if you want to click that um, and support them, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. And just to kind of pile on, like I said, these shows are coming out here on the Vipers Network. We've got Major coming out with his. Uh, Will, biased opinions. He's going to give you a little bit of a betting kind of advice there, some prop bets and stuff. Uh, Mike and Roberto, they've got a little bit of a Debbie show coming down. Uh, Jason and his buddy there. They got a little bit of capology going, a show based on capology, what contracts actually mean and how that affects the fantasy football world. So a great shows coming out there with a very unique twist that I don't see out there yet as often as I'd like to. So I'm looking forward to those shows drop, dropping here right away. Uh, the Viper cast is powered by Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, check that out. Head over to va- fantasypoints.com. Uh, you know, if you want that subscription, drop 21Vipers10, get 10% off. Or you can go there and, uh, like I said, they're matching with every subscription. They're doing $5 to Red Cross right now as well. So uh, they're doing a little bit of a charity thing as well, helping out uh, our fellow uh, mankind, humans, however you want to put it there. They're doing some great work there as well. I think we should all be looking at chipping in as much as we possibly can. Now for the closing statement, to put words into Dan Harris's mouth, be like Judy and hops to it when it comes to fantasy football. That's a little Zootopia there for you. And with that, this is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 88, powered by Fantasy Points Media Group. And uh, we're gone.